0: You guys doing okay? All right. Wow. Hey, uh, a little disclaimer before we start. Uh, If if you have a child in the room who still believes in Santa, just tell him to put his fingers in their ears. fingers in the ears, because I don't know how you grew up, I, I don't know how you grew up, but I, I learned at an early age that Santa wasn't real, right, I learned that at an early age, and so I decided as a parent that I wasn't going to lie to my kids either, right, you can do whatever you want to do, no, I'm just joking, so I decided that at an early age, and I remember when Xander was three years old, I went to the Tots to pick him up in preschool, right, and I'd have already told him at this age, it wasn't like I ruined it, he asked me, and so I was like, I'm going to tell you the truth, buddy, and so we're. At, I go to school and I and I get to the classroom and I notice that kids are crying. Like little kids are are crying, and this is no joke. And I'm like, that's weird. A lot of, normally there's not that many kids crying, right? There's always one or two, but it's like kids are just crying. And and the teacher calls me in, A John, Mr. John, Mr. Carl, can you come talk to me? I'm like, yeah. What's going on? Hey, during the Christmas story, we we're reading the Christmas story today, and it was about old saint nick right and he's up on the roof and in the middle of the story Alexander is raising his hand and i'm like yes sander santa's not real santa santa's not real and he yeah okay buddy thank you thank you so much and kids are like yes he is my told." nope my dad told me the whole story he's not real apparently i forgot to tell Xander, right hey don't tell any other kids that santa's not real yet Because they still believe in him and so as parents are coming in, I'm like, surprise, right? Surprise. You got to have a fun conversation today. Some surprises are better than others, aren't they? Some surprises are better than a birthday surprise. How many of you guys have ever been surprised on your birthday? I mean, that's that can be good or bad, I guess. If you if you get too scared from it, you might go, that wasn't good, right? Good intent, but there's some good surprises, or maybe some of you it's a promotion at work. Anybody ever thought you get called in by the boss and you're like, This is bad. I know what I did. This is gonna be bad. And it's like You're getting a raise, like, wow, I got a promotion, surprise, right, or good news, good news in general. How many of you guys just like, there's some good surprises out there. I think Jesus was one of the better surprises, don't you? I think Jesus was one of the better surprises. God was delivering the greatest surprise of all time to the world, but he chose to tell some unlikely characters First. Now we're in part two of Surprising Christmas and we're kind of going through the Christmas story. And if you if you didn't know, I mean it's full of surprises. It starts out with a massive surprise when Mary goes to Joseph and says, Hey, I'm pregnant, but it's not your baby, right? I mean, that's kind of a huge surprise. Anybody? That would be surprising. We it's full of surprises. Last week Justin talked to us about a surprising context. He talked to us about a surprising context. Context that you and I, we expect things to happen a certain way in life, don't we? At a certain time. And when things don't happen the way we want them to happen, we, we think to ourselves, well, God must not be in this, right? Or when good things are happening, we're like, man, God is showing up, he's here, he must be here. And when bad things happen, where's God, right? And we kind of have this thing. And I love this challenge that, that Justin talked to us last week. I love this question that he said. He said, is your context keeping you from seeing God at work, Like, is your context, is the way that you see life, well, good things are happening, God must be in it, bad things are happening, where's God, what's going on? And some of us, he said this, we're holding our hands like this so tightly, aren't we? We're just just holding, well, life better work out like this, God, and this better, this is the only way it's going to work out. And he challenged us, and I love that challenge at the end to just open your hands and say, God, I surrender. God, I surrender. God, It doesn't have to fit my context. God, you can do what you want in the good, and the bad, and whatever it is. God, you can show up in my life however you want. God, I trust you. Today we're going to talk about some surprising messengers. Surprising messengers. We're going to talk about two different uh, sets of people, two different groups. In fact, one group was Jewish, one was absolutely not, but both came to worship the king. We're talking about the shepherds and the magi today. Let me, let me set the story for you. Baby Jesus has just been born. Mary and Joseph are there. They're trying to figure out this whole, this whole parenting thing out. They haven't texted anyone the good news yet. They haven't updated their Facebook page with a thousand pictures, right? Nobody's liked them. None of that has happened yet. The Savior of the world has just been born. It's the best news ever, and no one knows about it. No one knows about it. Let me ask you a question. When you have good news, who do you tell first? Like for me, the people that I tell first, I want to tell the people that are like closest to me, right? The people that are going to celebrate with me, the people that know all about my life. I mean, it's going to be amazing. They're going to be so happy for me. God has this good news, and he wants to announce it. And who does he tell? Does he tell the religious leaders? No, right? You can't, Some of you might think he tells the religious leaders. Is he tell the political leaders of the time so they can start to make, you know, prepare and get ready for it? No, does he tell the, the powerful people? No, Jesus, the Savior of the world, has just been born. It seems like you're going to tell people that matter, right? And God's like, nope. He tells shepherds. And so we go from a manger To a field full of sheep. And this is how Luke records it in Luke chapter 2, 8 through 9. This is what he says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, I don't know about you, but just imagine that for a moment. I think we skip over how surprising that would actually be. It says they were terrified. I mean, you're just chilling. In the night with your sheep, right? You're just sitting out there and an angel appears. How many of you guys know you'd be freaking out, right? You would be like, what is happening, right? They don't understand what's happening either. They're scared. And this is what the writer says, Luke. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. He gives them all this information. The angel gives the shepherds these information. And then suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I mean, talk about a surprise, right? First, it's just one angel. Then it's a whole group and a heavenly host, and they're singing a song. I mean, they're having a worship service right in front of the sheep and the shepherds. I mean, what an amazing moment. And these shepherds, you can imagine, they kind of have to pull themselves together, and they kind of group together. They're like, okay, what we just experienced was real. Like, that wasn't a dream. You saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it too. Okay. Maybe we should go see him, like maybe we should go visit him. What a surprise, right? I think the bigger surprise though, I think the bigger surprise to some after hearing this story is really who God chose to tell first, shepherds. I don't know if you, what you know about shepherds, but shepherds weren't even allowed in the Jewish temple to worship God. They weren't even allowed through the doors. They were considered unclean by the religious leaders. And it's kind of a weird thought the very sheep that would be sacrificed in the temple, they were watching over, but they weren't even allowed in. They were looked down upon, they were considered outcasts. Many of them were, were criminals. They were thought as less than, not quite good enough to even make it through the doors. Of the temple. Have you ever been there? Is this you? Have you ever been looked down upon, felt like you were the least important person in the room, the forgotten, the middle child, the mess up, right? The screw up, the oddball, the never going to amount to nothing, the you don't matter, the not quite good enough? Have you ever been there? God could have told the religious leaders of the time. He could have. He he could have told the religious leaders of the time. He could have set things up. All right, this is what's going to happen in a dream. He could have done whatever he wanted. He could have told the powerful, the men in charge, but he didn't. He told shepherds. Why? Why? Why did he tell shepherds? I think God wanted to take the time to announce that he sent Jesus for everyone, that he came for everyone, the ones that thought they deserved him right? The ones that thought they were close enough to God, the ones that thought, well, I'm a good person and I'm doing what God's called me to do. He came for those people, but he, he also came for the ones that were told they didn't deserve to be in a relationship with God. In, in fact, this would be a theme throughout Jesus's ministry on earth for his whole time on earth. He wanted to let everyone know who he came for, that he came for everyone. There was a moment 30 years into the future where Jesus is is teaching, and there's some people that are gathered around him. And this is how Luke, who, who recorded this shepherd's moment, also records this in Luke 15, 1 and 2. He said, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now you have to imagine Jesus is there and it says he's teaching tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees are off in the distance, but they're, they're within earshot. They can hear what he's teaching. There's two sets of people there. There's the tax collectors and the sinners, people who are far from God, the people who are like, man, we're, we're kind of far away. We're, we don't deserve to be. But there's also the Pharisees there, people who think they deserve to be in a relationship with God. And Jesus would say, man, I, I came for everyone. And he did. He came for everyone. People who thought they deserved to be in a relationship with God and people who thought, people who, let me see, sorry about that. People that did, they didn't deserve to be in a relationship with God. He, he came for both sets of people. It's like, surprise, Jesus says, surprise, I came for everyone. I didn't just come for a few. If that wasn't surprising enough that he showed up to shepherds, right, he steps it up a notch. God steps it up a notch. He opens the eyes of some non-Jewish, other God-worshiping pagans. Matthew would write about a group of outsiders that show up to worship the birth of Jesus, a king. And we know them by the name. They're the Magi. We call them the Magi or the wise men. Who, If you don't know anything about the Magi or the wise men, it's kind of interesting. They were probably from Persia or Arabia, kind of far away. They were on the outsides there. They studied all sorts of ancient texts. They were were people who would study these texts and dissect them, some even from Daniel. So they would study the writings of, of Daniel. They would study the movement of the stars and the planets, and they were looking for divine messages from the gods. And so these, these people, they would study all the stars and the planets, and they're looking for things. They weren't kings, and we're not really sure how many of them there were. We like to say there's three wise men because there's three gifts, and so we kind of put that together, and it's easy to do, but they weren't followers of the Jewish God, and yet a small part of their story is recorded. Why? Because, because Jesus came for everyone, didn't he? He came for everyone, even those that were far away. This is what Matthew would write in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Now this is interesting because we know that Jesus isn't born in Jerusalem, right? It's like, well, why did they show up in Jerusalem? Why not Bethlehem? Like, isn't that where Jesus was? was they just so you understand they weren't following a single star that was like floating in front of their face and it was like oh there there goes all right hold on we're going this way all right it wasn't like it also wasn't a, a giant star filled with gas right it wasn't a giant star made out of gas like right above baby jesus's head right that wouldn't work very well if you know anything about stars and suns right Do, you guys know okay that wouldn't that wouldn't work it didn't look like it wasn't like this either it wasn't like the star with a perfect flashlight down to the manger some of you guys have this thought in your head you're like it was just a perfect giant laser beam from the sky right over no 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 they were studying the map in the sky they were studying the writings that they had and they were maybe following a planet or a star and they got pretty close they end up in jerusalem which is only a few miles away from bethlehem and this is this this is what happened next matthew writes this this is what he asks. and where they they get there and they go where is the one who has been born king of the jews it's like look a king's been born, everybody? Did you know that? Like they're walking around Jerusalem, like, where's the king? Do you guys know where the king is? What's going on? They don't find him, they go to find him, and they're asking this question: Where's where's the king? And they would say, We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And no no one knows what they're talking about, right? Everybody's like, What? What are you talking about? A king has been born. What are, you, what are you saying? People are confused. Word ends up getting to King Herod, who's over Jerusalem and who's over Israel at this time. He's kind of a puppet king. Caesar has set him up, and Herod gets wind of this new king. It says this, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Now, it's interesting. It's like, Herod was disturbed? Why, was, why would Herod be disturbed? He's the king, Right. And he's been there. He knows how, how Israel works and how their, their culture is set up. I mean, he's seen prophets come through. New prophets have probably come through. Hey, there's a new prophet coming through. No big, no big deal. I've seen prophets. Or rabbis. Maybe there's a new rabbi before. I've, I've seen new rabbis, right? But a new, a new king, that's, that's a little bit different. That's not good. That could mess things up for me, right? For my plans and my legacy, Herod needs to do something, this can't happen. So what does Herod do? He, he finds out, he talks to some of the, the spiritual advisors, some of the people that know maybe what's happened. And they say, well, it's prophesied that a, a king is supposed to be born, a Messiah is supposed to show up in the town of Bethlehem, in the town of David, right? He's supposed to be born. And so Herod takes this information and he secretly calls the Magi to him. And he's like, new plan, guys. I heard about this new king. I gotta be honest. I am excited about it. Like, I'm fired up. I want to worship him as well, right? <laughs> like, if you guys could just help me out, that'd be amazing. And so he tells them, look, you're going to go to Bethlehem. You're going to find this new king. And just let me know because I'm really, really excited. I want to worship him. And uh, it's going to all be good. Everything good's going to happen. And so they take this news and they make their way to Bethlehem. And this is what it says in Matthew nine twelve. After they heard the king... They went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They worshipped him. A, A group of people from far, far away, came and worshiped a new king. Now, it's a group of magi, pagan, wise men, worship Jesus. If you read this, you're like, how is that possible? Why would this happen? It's because Jesus came for everyone. People who thought they deserved to be in a relationship with God, people that didn't deserve to be in a relationship with God, and people who didn't realize they needed a relationship with God. This is who Jesus came for. He came for all of them. It's the same uh, for all time. for For all time, it's the same reason he came. He came for people who are far from him. Even today, nothing has changed. We still know what God is up to. He still wants to reach people who are far from him, just like when he sent Jesus to the world. If you read the New Testament, nothing has changed. You read the Gospels, Paul's letters to the churches, it's really not all about healing people, fellowship, discovering your spiritual gifts, making you wealthy. Those are those are all good and fine. Those are all good things. But his main concern is very very clear. People coming to know him as their heavenly father through Jesus. That's the most important thing. It's the prayer he answers every single time. God I'm a sinner in need of a savior, like he never says no to that, he answers that prayer 100% of the time, he always says yes to handing out grace, because that's his number one objective, it's his primary concern, God would be like, surprise, that's why I sent Jesus, that's the reason, that's the purpose, and I love John three sixteen. We we talk about this multiple times, but it sums it up, perfectly. John would write this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loved the world. He didn't just love Israel. He didn't just love a tiny group of people. It says that he loved the world. He loved everyone. Jesus was given for everyone, the whole world, for all time. It it goes on. It says that whoever believes in him shall not perish, But have eternal life. It's not just believing God; it's believing His Son Jesus. Jesus wasn't a made-up story, and we Justin said this last week. This is a true story. That's why it's so amazing that it really happened. He was born of a virgin. He lived 33 years. He died like dead for three days. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He came back to life, and then he predicted that he would do it before he ever did it. When you believe that, when you believe in Jesus, when you put your trust in him, you get eternal life says in verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. God did not send His Son. He He sent His Son. Jesus was sent. God sent His Son. He was on a mission from the very moment He was born God didn't say to Jesus, "Hey, have fun down there, man. Enjoy it. Check out some beaches. It's going to be awesome. There's some mountain ranges that I'd love you to go on some long hikes. Oh, it's just beautiful. You can see what we made. It's really, really cool." Jesus, he didn't say that. Hope it all works out. Do whatever everything is best. Like, no, God had a plan and a mission for his son to accomplish because he was actually sent he was sent. He was on a mission. Jesus said it like this a few chapters later. This is what Jesus would say. These are his words in John six thirty eight. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He was sent on a mission to accomplish God's will. And maybe you're like, well, what is God's will? Jesus says it in the next verse. He says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone Everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life that God is all about reaching people who are far from him if you're a magi if you're a shepherd or you like whoever you are God is all about reaching you that's his mission and he sent Jesus to accomplish that but not just Jesus did you know that God wants to send you and he wants to send me as well can can I can I talk to the Christians just for a second like if you if you consider yourself a Christian you're like man I'm a follower of Jesus. I want you to hear me. If not, you can take a break. This isn't for you. But did you know that if you're a follower of Jesus that you and, you and I are called to be sent? Did you know that you and I are called to be sent? That we watched baptisms this week. How many of you guys absolutely love baptisms? I love I love seeing baptisms. I love I love I love all about it. I love seeing God do stuff in people's lives, and then we get to hear about it. And we say this all the time. Baptism is what? It's an outward expression of an inward decision, right, that you decided to follow Jesus. And that's a personal decision that you made. Baptism is an opportunity for you to let everybody know that you're a follower of Jesus. What an amazing thing. We get to clap. We get to cheer. It's one of our favorite things that we do here. Because why? We get to see life change, right? And that's awesome when we see life change. Can I ask you a question? Has anyone ever been baptized because of you? Has anyone ever been baptized? Do you ever watch the video and you're just so fired up because you're like, man, I had a part to play. I, was, I, I worked with that person. It was so exciting. I slowly started to introduce them to Jesus and then they took step after step in the step and I would ask them to church and they would never show up. But then one time they showed up and Justin was speaking and they raised their hand and they accepted Jesus and now they're getting baptized. I mean, is that ever happened to you? Is, is anyone getting baptized because of you? Is anyone coming to Jesus because of you? I mean, that's, that's kind of a heavy question, right? And you're like, well, I mean, 10 years ago, my kids got saved. You know, that was kind of a cool thing, which is an awesome thing. But is anyone outside of your realm, like your family, your immediate family, is anyone coming to Jesus because of you? Because this is what our Heavenly Father is all about. Like, this is what Jesus is all about, and this is what he wants you to to be about, God wants to save the world. Like, that's his mission. That's his goal. That's what he wants to do. He wants to reach people. He's about repentance. He's about people turning towards him, trusting him. That's what he's all about. And here's, here's the convicting part, I think, as Christians. And we can ask ourselves this question. Is this what you're all about? Is this what you're all about? He came for the shepherds. Right, he came for the the magi's of the world, and he wants to use you and me to let them know about it. He wants to use you and I to reach people who are far from him. Now, maybe you're here, and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian at all, or a follower of Jesus. You'd say, you know, John, I kind of related a little bit more to the shepherds. I, I've kind of felt that. I, I've kind of felt like an outcast, or you felt forgotten or unseen, or unclean, not quite good enough. You kind of felt like, man, I've been looked down upon. Can I tell you, your heavenly father wants you to know that he sees you, that he loves you, that he wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus came for you maybe you'd say, John, it wasn't the shepherds, but it's, it's the magi. You're more of a seeker. You're more like the magi. Can I tell you, you've looked into lots of different religions, and you've kind of been on the outside from afar. And you're like, hey, man, you do you, whatever it is. Like, everything works. Everything's good. And you've kind of been from afar. You're interested in things, whatever works, right? But deep down, you're seeking because you know there's something more. You know there's something real. You know that, that there's got to be something more, that there's got to be something out there. And you feel this tug, but you're not quite sure what it is. Can I tell you, it's, it's Jesus. Jesus died for you. That Jesus came for you. Jesus loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. How, how do I know that? It's because Jesus came for everyone for all time. He came from it. It doesn't matter your culture, your color, the language you speak. Jesus is for you. And I don't wanna miss an opportunity because I feel like there's shepherds and I feel like there's magis that are here today. People who feel like they're unseen or outcasts or unclean or not quite good enough or people like the magi who would say, man, I've just, I didn't even know there was a God or I didn't even know the story of Jesus. Can I tell you, I think there's people in here today and I don't wanna miss the opportunity to give you a chance to step into a relationship with Christ. And so I'm going to ask that nobody looks around. Everybody just kind of closes your eyes. And I think this is a personal kind of decision for people that I'm just going to ask you to take another step as nobody's looking around. If you're here today and you'd say, you know, John, I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. That's something that I would do. I I would just ask you to kind of slip your hand up and slip it down just so I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You'd say, man, I feel like I'm far from God. I feel like he didn't know me, but I wanna step into a relationship with with him. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to say this prayer with me. But if you were one of the ones that raised your hand, I want you to understand, this prayer isn't a magic prayer. It doesn't get you like all of a sudden you're into heaven because of this prayer. It's what it means. It's you making a declaration to God to say, hey, I'm putting my trust in Jesus. So if that's you, can we all say this together? Just say, dear God, thank you for sending your son to die for me, to step in place when I didn't deserve it. I put my trust and faith in you. In your name I pray, amen. Can we just give it up today? I mean, there was a a lot of hands that kind of went up all over the room. I just want to say before we go, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, can I just tell you, it is so important to understand this truth, you're sent. That God wants to use you and see you filter out into your jobs and your neighborhoods, and, he, and you might say, well, I just don't know what to say, and I just don't know what to do, and there's just not people around me who don't know Jesus. Can I tell you, there are. There's people around you who don't know Jesus, and if you're a follower, you're called to be sent and to reach those people. Let me encourage you today, take a step. Maybe it's just an invite. Maybe it's just an invite to one of the services. Maybe it's just a a conversation. Maybe it's something more, but whatever it is, I want you to feel the weight of this mission that you've been sent. God bless you guys. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week.